Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode three of the Speak Now podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Jonathan Wolfarth, Eli Malone, and Steve Malone. Uh, Eli, aka Punchki Boy, me, aka Jay Wolf, Steve, aka Polish Falcons. Uh, welcome back. It's been a couple years, and I feel like that's kind of in the trend with this podcast is we release an episode once like every two or three years um but we're looking to be a little bit more consistent uh in that so yeah here we are it is 2023 we are out of covid but we are still using zoom for this um we're loving it and we're gonna go uh into free agency winners and losers and then after that we will talk about lamar jackson aaron Rodgers, and then we'll go into uh alternating mock draft uh, so starting us off with free agency winners, Eli, who do you have as a free agency winner this year? Well, I don't mean to be biased. However, it just so happens that my favorite team quite possibly had the best offseason in the NFL. I won't say the best because obviously there's opinions and such. I thought teams like the Eagles had a really good offseason. They retained all their veterans, basically, um, except Javon Hargrave, which is a big loss. But the Detroit Lions... A big thing for me that is not um, extremely common, um, and it's seeing the Detroit Lions take the turn, is the pay cuts that their players took. Um, you saw, like, um, you saw Vitae take a pay, t- pay cut, um, and you saw um, Romeo Cora take, like, a $9 million pay cut. So that's gigantic for a franchise that's turning the corner with their new regime um, and coming into their third year. And then I thought the best signing that's happened this offseason with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson coming in for only $6 million or $6.5 million guaranteed. Um, um, I thought that was a steal of free agency. I thought he was arguably the best safety um, in the free agency window. And I feel like David Montgomery and Cam Sutton were both, uh, both real home run signings and also still the Brad Holmes signings. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't shy away from um, you know, sticking to his guns. He doesn't go and sign the big names. He sings, signs guys that fits the Detroit culture. And I think it's a real uh, culture shift for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I contemplated putting them uh, as one of my winners. Um, they definitely, I think, got better. And I think this offseason is an indication of the culture that they are building. Steve, how about you? What, who's your first winner? Uh, this might be a little bit of a surprise. Um, but I listed the Houston Texans as one of my winners. Oh, um, hear me out on this. I, I figured my uh, my son there would uh, pick the Lions, being a, being a homer just like myself. Um, but I feel like with uh, D'Amico Ryan's coming in as the coach, um, I feel like they kind of set themselves up to open their roster and kind of make it their own. Um, they did fill up their backfield. They added Devin Singletary and Mike Boone to go with Damian Pierce. Um, They also got a veteran um, quarterback in Case Keenum um, to mentor um, whoever they draft um, in the upcoming draft. I'm assuming a quarterback they'll take at some point during the draft. Um, They also bolstered their offensive line with uh, Laramie Tunsil, who's one of the best tackles out there, um, along with Shaq Mason getting him from the Bucs. Along with that, they picked up um, some extra draft capital um, with the Brandon Cooks trade. So they kind of opened up um, kind of a new, some new spots on the roster for wide receivers. 
And they also filled in um, some spots as far as uh, Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, and Jimmy Ward on their defense. So I feel like with uh, five picks in the top 73 that they'll be able to get a lot of new starters and kind of kind of fill out their roster and kind of start new with a new uh, coaching staff and whatnot. So I looked at the Houston Texans as uh, definitely starting to actually build a team versus uh, just kind of uh, running in circles like they have the past two to three seasons. I do like that pick. I should have really thought about them. I do think I will say the one questionable decision I thought they made this offseason was signing Robert Woods for nine and a half million a year. When I feel like they signed Noah Brown for only two and a half million this year. And I'd argue Noah Brown could arguably be a bigger contributor. Like we saw him on Dallas um, when Michael Gallup was on IR at the start of the year, really contribute. So I think that was a questionable signing. But I think the Texans was a solid pick other than that, especially with the amount of draft capital you mentioned. Jonathan, what's your winner you have here um, today? Yeah, that's interesting pick, Steve. Um, not going to lie there. So my first winner of the offseason so far is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think they added David Long at linebacker. They added Jalen Ramsey at, at corner. Um, that's going to improve their pass defense for sure, which ranked 27th pass yards allowed last year um they were 26 in passing touchdowns allowed and 29th in interceptions so that pass defense needs to get better if they're going to continue to try to contend especially in the afc east where they're going to go against josh allen twice a year potentially aaron Rodgers twice a year um even expect mac jones to do a little bit better this next year so you really gotta uh improve your pass defense just to contend in that division and contend in the AFC where you have like Patrick Mahomes and other great quarterbacks. Um, So I expect them to be a lot better. It hurts them not having a first round pick, obviously with the tampering with Tom Brady. Um, But I believe that that defense is going to be much improved. And if Tua is healthy, they have a chance at winning that division because they, they only lost by a few points against Buffalo in the wild card game. Uh, if two is healthy and they added Jalen Ramsey, they've added David Long, expect that defense to be better, expect that offense to be rolling. Uh, that's going to be a dangerous team. And maybe they get someone like a Jamar Gibbs uh, in the second round, at, help them out at running back. That could be a very dangerous team next year. Uh, so I'm liking the Dolphins as my first winner of free agency. I will say um, in regards to that selection too, um, there have been rumors about the Dolphins um, being linked to Delvin Cook if he's being moved as well. So they're really looking for that big splash um, on the run game. They re-signed both their backs, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, this year. Um, but I feel like those guys, not sure if that's enough um, for the run game. They did pretty well as a duo, but having Delvin Cook brings a whole new dimension as well, which could really benefit them. Yeah, yeah, my, my concern uh, with that pick is uh, the offensive line not being addressed and the, the injuries with Tua. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I definitely agree that they did a lot on the defensive side of the ball to, to kind of combat, uh, you know, everything going on in that division. Yeah. Eli, what about you? What's another winner that you had? Um, a winner that I mentioned uh, right before I talked about my Lions pick I really like what the Eagles did. Um, It wasn't anything flashy. Um, They mostly, they re-signed Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, um, Brandon Graham, 
but one of my favorite signings of this offseason was the Rashad Penny signing for only um, $1.35 million. Um, obviously, his injuries are concerned, but with that small of a contract and the likes of Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell still in the mix, I think taking a risk on Rashad Penny for $1.3 million, we saw like um, in his last um, healthy game, which I believe was Detroit, he ran for around like 150 yards, um, and he looked really dynamic. So if you can get that back, um, I think that'll be a knock in the park, um, knock out of the park signing there, especially behind that Eagles offensive line that does an amazing job protecting Jalen Hurts um, and led Miles Sanders to over a thousand yards last year. And then sneaky signings like Greedy Williams, who um, had high potential um, on Cleveland, never lived up to it, and Terrell Edmonds. Um, I think those are two signings that, once again, losing um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and um, T.J. Edwards as well. Um, I think those signings could, um, if they pan out as well, so they took a couple of risks, but um, they kind of had to since they can't be too aggressive with the future extensions on the table. Yeah, I I liked what the Eagles did. Um, I think they're going to continue to be a powerhouse, not only in their division, but in the NFC in general. Uh, Steve, what about you? What's another winner you had? Uh, it pains me to say this because I, uh, I'm not a big fan of this team, but uh, at the Dallas Cowboys, um, I think uh, kind of making Tony Pollard the, the center of their backfield, um, leaving the door open to draft someone to go along with him, kind of putting that franchise tag on Tony Pollard. Um, finally letting Zeke go with that, you know, kind of albatross contract they had going there. Um, and then just also, uh, you know, re just signing Donovan Wilson back, um, getting Stefan Gilmore um, to go with Trayvon Diggs on defense, Leighton Vander Esch, um, also bringing in Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. Um, and then also just, just leaving that open to kind of taking best player available at that 26th pick. Um, I think they're they're stacked again. They have so all sorts of weapons on defense, and um, I think they can improve that offense even more. Um, they did bring kind of before the free agency. They got Tyron Smith back in the fold as well. So um, I just you know they don't ever seem to be able to put it together when it counts. Um, some of that might be coaching, quarterback play, but I feel like they have the right pieces in place to to make it happen. Yeah, I like I like the Gilmore addition for their defense. I think that will go a long way it's it's going to be a tough division for sure to have to compete in the nfc east um especially, especially with um the commanders um improving and hopefully sam howell being the the guy which i'm not too confident on that and then um the giants making signings um and like like you mentioned the franchise tag i was pretty big on that bringing Bajan robinson in i love that pick for the cowboys um, Jonathan, what would be your last winner of this offseason? Uh, my last winner uh, is going to be, uh, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Uh, so it's torn a little bit between the Saints and the Broncos here, um, but I will go with the Broncos. I think that they improved the trenches, which is something that needed to happen. They got Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco. They got Ben Powers from the Ravens. Ben Powers is a very solid uh, in interior offensive lineman. They also got Zach Allen for the defensive line from Arizona. Uh, I think that that's going to go a long way to protecting Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson will have a much better year uh, this year than he had last year. Um, they added depth at running back. We saw how thin they kind of were last year once they lost uh, uh, the, uh, Javante Williams. 
sorry, I blinked a little bit. Uh, so they got Samaj P. Ryan to help. Uh, I think that that's going to help them a lot. And probably the biggest addition of the offseason for them is they got a Hall of Fame head coach in Sean Payton. They have a Super Bowl winning head coach, Sean Payton. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett did not hack it, couldn't cut it. Uh, it was horrible as a head coach, but I think that they're going to be much better coached uh, this year. I'm going to love seeing Sean Payne go toe-to-toe with Andy Reid two times a year. I think that's going to be great for football, great for the division. Um, we talk about how this is the toughest, arguably the toughest division in football and how no one's really going to beat the Chiefs. The thing is, is like I think that they have three other teams in that division that are tough, that are going to give you a battle uh, each week. Um, yeah, as long as this offensive line help improves uh, Russell Wilson's play, they're going to be competitive next year, I believe. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I think the Denver Broncos, like you mentioned, that biggest thing was getting an actual head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned that Nathaniel Hackett is nothing more than a coordinator at best. Um, and even after that performance, he might not even get a coordinator job back. Um, and like you mentioned, building the trenches, the offensive line and defensive line, um, that was stellar of the Broncos to address their needs. Yeah, never sleep on a team that's building its trenches. Because I honestly, outside of quarterback, that's the most important part of an NFL roster is having a line to protect your quarterback and having a line that can go get the other person's quarterback. But yeah, Eli, what, is, what about you? What's your final winner? Um, my final winner of the offseason, I'd have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, I feel like they can never not have a good offseason with how friendly Patrick Mahomes' contract is. Um, I think what they did with that Patrick Mahomes contract itself um, frees them up so much every single offseason that they can just push it back so much. You're seeing, like, the Browns have to mess with Deshaun Watson's contract a ton and how much guarantees they gave him. Deshaun Watson, um, if I um, remember this correctly, Deshaun Watson's almost making as many guarantees in five years as Patrick Mahomes is making in 10 years, which I think is crazy because Patrick Mahomes is easily the best quarterback in the NFL, as with his, um, what he's shown is his years in the start he's making to the conference championship game every year as a starter. And I think signing Jawan Taylor, they lost Orlando Brown, got another stud offensive tackle right back. And then getting um, an edge rusher and Charles Omenahu to um, address the Frank Clark, because Frank Clark couldn't really, he was a big playoff producer, not much of a regular season producer. So they get Charles Omenahu from the Patriots. And then Drew Tranquil, um, who was a tackling machine for the Chargers last year. I think overall, not a ton of signings, but when you're as good as the chief, you don't need to make a ton of signings. You don't want to waste money when you have so many young pieces um, because of that Mahomes contract. It all goes back back to there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Steve, did you have any other winners that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. I'll throw one more in there. And then, yeah, just to add to Eli's, I really like the Richie James signing right at the end of the free agency too. So just to kind of fill in the receivers for Casey um but yeah i totally agree they uh they did well in the draft last year and then they just continued on and when you have mahomes it makes it look really easy um my last winner is the uh seattle seahawks um so 
Yeah, as far as the Seahawks, they got Draymond Jones on a big contract. They also brought Bobby Wagner back into the fold, um, got Julian Love, the safety from the Giants. Um, also got Geno Smith on a team-friendly contract. Um, on top of that, they go into the draft having four picks in the top 52. So they're set up really well. Um, you know, if they draft as well as they did last year, which which is a big ask. I mean, they got uh, Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen, um, you know, just to mention a couple of players. But, uh, you know, if they're able to do something similar in this year's draft, even hit on two of those top four or five picks, um, you know, similar to what we talked about with Detroit, um, they could get in that top three conversation um, in the NFC for, you know, playoffs, NFC championship, those, those sorts of things. So they're definitely building something really good there. And uh, obviously uh, dumping Russell Wilson um, is, is kind of paying dividends as far as draft picks and the way that they were able to kind of reshuffle that roster. Yeah, I think Seattle, especially, yeah, especially with their draft picks are going to be a really interesting team to watch uh this coming year yeah so with that let's transition to our losers so i'll, I'll go first uh my first loser of the offseason is the jacksonville jaguars uh they are tw- they were 25th in sacks last year 28th in pass yards allowed and 29th in third down percentage as a defense uh that's just it's not going to cut it um going forward in division that sh- should be more competitive next year with two to three new quarterbacks going to be in that division. Um, So I, 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 I'm kind of surprised that they didn't try to do more on defense. I know that in recent years, they've been pretty aggressive in free agency. I think they picked uh, the wrong year uh, to not be aggressive. I was looking at the cap earlier. I believe that they have like 14 million or something like that in cap space. So they have space to make moves happen and they just didn't. And they're sitting there with, uh, a mid twenties pick. Um, it's they they might not win the division next year because of how uh, how this division is going to shape up with the Colts potentially going QB. Uh, Texans, I would be shocked if they don't go QB at some point. And then uh, who knows what the Titans do? So Jacksonville Jaguars, they yeah only signed basically um, no one of note. They just re-signed their own guys, which is great. Like you got to re-sign your own guys, but still. Um, the defense was not cutting it in those areas. And I think that they need to do more if they want to be competitive going forward with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I can see that pick at the same time um, with the hoping that Trayvon Walker develops. Um, I'm sure they're heavily betting on that. Obviously, it was their first overall pick. And I think edge, like edge rushers are relatively deep in this draft. I think that is arguably the deepest position in this draft. Um, as it kind of was last year, like edge and cornerback have been like the main, um, the deepest pool of players in the draft. But I definitely see where you're coming from. If you have the money and you have a giant need like that, I can see where you're coming from with that selection. Um, Steve, where do you, um, who do you think is a loser? And also, what do you think on that Jacksonville pick? Yeah, as far as the Jacksonville, um, I agree with Jonathan. Um, Jacksonville is very, fortunate last year um they did pick take a dip big dip into uh free agency with wide receivers and um just kind of filled their roster and signed some really big contracts um you know paid paid off and they got a playoff win and um but again they're really fortunate with their schedule and kind of the way the division fell so i agree that uh you know while all these other teams are improving they just kind of stood pat and kind of 
kept, you know, status quo. So um, as far as my loser, um, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they, uh, you know, obviously J.J. Watt retired. Um, Calais Campbell really didn't see a, a future. They want to retire there or even stay there beyond football. And you had Zach Allen go to the Broncos, which was mentioned earlier. Um, and it, they just, with uh, 20, over $23 million in cap space, um, they just really didn't bring anybody in. Uh, their only signing of note was Zach Pascal at wide receiver, which is obviously very underwhelming. And that's before um, the inevitable of DeAndre Hopkins um, kind of going out the door wherever he ends up. So um, doesn't seem like even with a new coach and, you know, possibly starting anew there that uh, that franchise is really heading in the, in the right direction. So kind of like where the Rams are going, I think the uh, Arizona's, you know, kind of going to be one of the worst teams in the NFC and really did nothing to improve that. Yeah, I think they're going to have a problem going forward with just with the Kyler Murray contract as well. Because, I mean, if Kyler Murray ends up developing and can be a franchise guy, then great. Um, I think that was a little premature to give him a contract like that for a team that wasn't really that proven. But yeah. Eli, what about you? Who's a who's a loser in your mind? Um, my easy loser um, would be the New England Patriots. Um. I think the signing of Juju over re-signing Jacoby Myers for the same exact contract was a big loss for them. I feel like Jacoby Myers, not only younger, but I think he's a better wide receiver. Um, and then really, they didn't make a ton of um, signings of note. They signed Mike Gusecki, which um, I'm not really sure how I feel about the Mike Gusecki signing when they already have Hunter Henry. They signed those find those Titans to giant contracts and never really panned out. Um, and as Bill Belichick, his comment that really bugged me saying, um, the Patriots, uh, why do you think they'll succeed this year? Look at the past 25 years. It's not really how the NFL works. You got to look at the future. Obviously the Patriots, one of the more successful franchises of the past 20 years, but their relationship continually worsening with Mac Jones. They signed a defensive coordinator to operate their offense last year. Um, I think the Patriots are going downhill. And um, Bill Belichick is just, uh, I think he's, he's running out of gas. I think he should uh, consider retirement here pretty soon. Ooh, hot take, Bill Belichick retirement. Uh, I actually don't disagree with you. Um, something that Bill, Bill Belichick reminds me a lot of Steelers – Hall of Fame coach Chuck Knoll, where Chuck Knoll, huge dynasty in the 70s, right? Wins four Super Bowls. Obviously, Bill had a longer dynasty. I'm not going to dispute that, but just hung on too long. Like his ways kind of got outdated for the NFL. The NFL changed and adapted, and he was ne- wasn't really able to build much of a winner outside of that. Um, and I think you see that with Bill, where he's trying to, it almost felt like they're trying to replicate Brady a little bit with Mac Jones in the pick. Um, Mac Jones, like, assuming Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, in my opinion, Mac Jones is the fourth best quarterback in that division. Like, you're not, you're not winning the division with the fourth best quarterback in today's NFL. You're not, uh, you're barely going to probably compete for a wild card. If that, like, they're going to have a rough go of it for a little bit. Uh, Interested to see what they do in this draft if they decide to go quarterback. I know that's been a rumor. Um, Or if, who knows, who knows what the future holds for them. But yeah, I agree with you. They, they need to move on. Uh, my next loser, uh, real quickly, is, and I'm torn between two teams 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. So this is gonna be a controversial pick. Um, I'm all for controversy. Obviously, you guys know I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm a little bit biased here. Um, most of their signings have been like one-year deals, which is fine, but it's not really building for anything. They got Odell Beckham, which is great. Uh, I think that's going to help their wide receiver court. But the biggest issue and the reason why, to me, they're the losers is they have a big question mark at quarterback. They have a quarterback in Lamar Jackson who doesn't want to be there, already issued a goodbye to Ravens fans. Like, he's out. If he comes back after that, um, it's just – it's going to be mess- – to me, it's messy for the locker room. It's a distraction. More often than that, you know that that guy doesn't want to be there. Um, he wants to go where he can get paid, um, which is fine. But I, yeah, I think they have a big issue there at quarterback and you haven't really seen them make any moves to try to, um, adjust that. Um, obviously they're still banking on Lamar coming back, but Lamar wants out and they have no trade partner for Lamar. That's been a big thing is that a lot of teams have come out and said that they're not interested in Lamar Jackson. So right now there's just a huge question mark there. And I think that that's uh, one of the worst places to be as a franchise is when you have a question mark uh, at quarterback, um, especially in the AFC North. Um, they could, I could see them being at the bottom of the division this year, whether Lamar comes back on a one-year deal on the franchise tag or whatever, um, or if they're going with Tyler Huntley or someone else. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely there, Jonathan. Um, that kind of, uh, you know, you have Lamar, he kind of played the game and, you know, now you almost have to draft a quarterback at some point. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you lost um, Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Houston, Chuck Clark. You have several defenders that uh, are either not resigned or have already left. And, um, you know, and all you have to show for it is OBJ and who knows what guarantee you have there. So completely agree. Um, one last one I have is, uh, this might be controversial as well, and I may be a little biased, but, uh, I didn't really, at least for this off season, didn't really understand what the Chicago bears did. Um, so the way the NFL is going, and we'll talk about it in the draft is teams are kind of building in the trenches, like we've talked about. So the bears, other than grabbing Nate Davis really didn't address that, um, they already had an all pro linebacker in Roquan Smith. They let him go and they turn around and give Tremaine Edmonds a similar contract, who I think we can all agree isn't as good as Roquan Davis or Roquan Smith, sorry. So um, just, you know, it didn't make sense. They signed TJ Edwards. So I guess the money for those two was probably a lot more than they would have had to pay Roquan Smith. And then bringing in DJ Moore, Dante Foreman, I think it kind of looks nice, but I, I don't think it all fits with their offense. So um, having the first round pick in 24 and the second round pick in 25 is nice. But um, if you look at a lot of uh, talk out there, Bears fans are kind of pounding their chest like they're going to possibly contend for the division this year. And I just don't see it. No, they're, they're the third best team in that division at best. I think even after all the, the moves they made. I, I think that they should have tried to trade Justin Fields, start fresh at quarterback um, with the number one, number one overall pick. You have, obviously, the new head coach, GM. Like, they didn't draft Fields. Um, yeah, just start fresh. Uh, reset your clock a little bit because the Bears just have too many glaring holes where I don't think that's going to get really filled with 
uh, this year's draft, hope maybe next year's, but at that point you're getting closer to the time where you're gonna have to pay your quarterback. Oh yeah, exactly. They only have one pick in the top 53. So that's, that's kind of what I mean about this off season. So yeah, really you have to draft an offensive lineman and what else do you do? So yeah. And there's sure. rumors that they're trying to trade out of that pick. So yeah, it's not going to be a good look, but Eli, what about you? Um, well, we're seeing a common theme here two in a row um, picking um, the Green Bay Packers. I think overall, I think the Vikings, Packers, and Bears all had three awful off seasons. The Bears probably, or the Vikings, I'm sorry, probably the second best, but still I didn't love what they did. But the Green Bay Packers, um, I think, had a worse off season than the Bears simply because their biggest signing was re-signing Keyshawn Nixon, who is a returner. He's not even a play. Like, obviously, returns are important, but um, so a certain extent, of course. Um, and letting Alan Lazard walk, um, which I don't know if they necessarily had a choice on that because of Aaron Rodgers also um, 100% out the door at this point. It's either he's playing for the Jets or nobody from what um, we've seen. And then also Robert Tanyan leaving. So you're stuck with um, Romeo Dubes and um, Christian Watson, which aren't awful, but they're super young. So obviously stuff Aaron Jones um, at running back. So obviously you still have some weapons, but you're running in the same issue with what you ran into at the end of Aaron Rodgers' tenure. Not enough weapons, in my opinion. And I don't think the defense, they started to come on at the end of this past year when they went on their little winning streak. But in the end, I don't think they'll be able to replicate that much. And I think they'll they'll probably be on the bottom of the NFC North at best third. I think the Bears and Packers are very interchangeable. And I don't know what direction either team is going. Yeah, it's probably the big question mark of who. what, what do you have in Jordan Love? I think we'll determine that. But yeah, I agree with you. They're no but They're they're at least like they're third at best or yeah. Um, which we'll talk about like, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers saga. We'll talk about the Lamar Jackson saga um, coming up. Uh, so yeah. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back everybody to this free agency episode of speak now we are getting into the sagas now the two big qb sagas of the offseason and we'll be starting with lamar jackson which um is a polarizing one they just signed the ravens just recently signed odell beckham to a pretty lucrative deal um especially from what we've seen in the wide receiver market which has been relatively down this offseason signing obj to a big contract big commitment and not even he knows if lamar is staying so this is a big saga, been going on for a while now. Um, and the two sides never got a deal. Lamar Jackson, his own agent, another big thing in um, in this big saga. And so we'll start with Steve. What do you think, like, when looking at this Lamar Jackson deal, why do you think a deal hasn't been done? And do you think a deal should get done between the two teams? Or what do you think should be next? Yeah, I think so far kind of some mistakes have been made on both sides. Um, I guess starting with Lamar, um, obviously, uh, you know, I think we'd agree that he's overvalued himself, kind of taking the Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, um, those contracts that I think most franchises would, would agree are, are mistakes. Um, and he's kind of trying to put himself in the same 
same breath as, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, even Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, those quarterbacks that are probably going to get those big contracts coming up. And, um, you know, one of the main things on top of performance is availability. And Lamar's missed, um, you know, I believe five or six games each of the last two years. And on top of that, um, you know, no one knows if he was really injured at the end of last year and they kind of left Tyler Huntley out there for them to finish the season. So, um, you know, so a lot of mistakes there and, um, you know, just uh, Lamar bet on himself. And so far it hasn't panned out. Um, he even turned down, I believe it was a three year $132 million contract offer from the Ravens. So, um, you know, so they put the, I believe it was a not exclusive tag on him. 32 million. Um, you know, if someone signs them, they can match or offer. Um, they'd have to give up two first round picks if they um, decide not to match that. So um, as far as the Ravens, I think it was kind of shrewd to do that. But, uh, you know, what's the next step for the Ravens? So that's where I have a problem with the Ravens is uh, on top of, uh, you know, losing some free agents and, and what you mentioned as far as just bringing in OBJ. Um, you know, they do have some dynamic players on offense. OBJ is still a dynamic receiver, um, two knee injuries. I do have some question marks there, but uh, he can still do a lot on the field as he showcased with the Rams Super Bowl run. Um, you also have J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews. So, um, I mean, I think it makes the most sense um, to answer the last part of your question um, for the Ravens to, to bring Lamar Jackson back. I think they have no other decision to make, but uh how does that work and how is everybody going to be happy in the situation? So, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I think they're in a position right now where it's, it's like I said earlier, it's going to be really awkward if he comes back on, whether it's on the franchise tag or whatnot. And it's like the thing, and the thing about the exclusive tag is no team is going to try to sign him and lose two first round picks. It's much, they'd much rather like negotiate something else out. Um, but I think for me, the question becomes which team becomes a, like a legit contender by adding Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think, I think it's easy to, to look at Lamar and be like, Oh, well, he a former MVP. Like who wouldn't want to have him? Right. He's, he is the best, the rushing like dual threat quarterback in that sense uh, of all time, you know? Um, but I, I think, I think what we miss is it's not the guys that are, able to run first then pass that are the most successful is the guys that are great throwers of the football but can also run and have mobility look at josh allen look at patrick mahomes like each guy is super mobile even aaron Rodgers back in the day was able to be mobile but they're not like rush they're not running quarterbacks in a sense but they're able to be in the pocket they're able to extend plays out um ben roethlisberger recently on his podcast came out was like you don't how like you don't fear Lamar sitting there in the pocket picking you apart. You fear him when he gets outside the pocket and he makes things happen. So yeah, what team becomes like a contender by adding Lamar Jackson, especially with the contract that he's going to command? Yeah, I think something that uh, the national uh, sports media has gotten wrong is they're comparing Lamar to Deshaun Watson, to Kyler Murray and saying, well, he's better than them. He deserves this contract. And I think what they're missing is the Browns, are a franchise that makes a bunch of stupid decisions and they've continued to do that with the Deshaun Watson. No team wants to repeat that for a quarterback and Kyler Murray, again, you paid a guy that wasn't fully proven 
And as you said, Steve, I'm full agreement. I think that they're regretting it because it really handicaps how you can build your roster. Um, so I have three teams that I think would become contenders in a sense by adding Lamar Jackson. Um, the top two are the Colts just for salary cap reasons. Um, they have 20, about 22 ish million dollars in cap, I believe. Um, so that they can make something happen. And as we talked about earlier, I think that division kind of becomes a little bit more wide open with the Jaguars kind of standing pat, but the Colts pick fourth overall. Why would you go and try to get Lamar Jackson now when you can get a guy on a rookie deal and you can continue to build your roster? Um, the other team is the Falcons. That division is wide open. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who the Panthers pick, whether it's going to be uh, Stroud or Young or could be Richardson, who knows. Um, so maybe that makes them a little bit more competitive. Uh, right now, the top team looks to be maybe the Saints with Derek Carr, but um, that division is just wide open. So if the Falcons really want to make this happen, they have about 10 million. So they don't have as much as the Colts. Um, could they financially make it happen? Maybe. Um, and then I think that the commanders, they're just a team with great defense. They need a quarterback, um, but they're not going to make it happen. They have about $2 million in cap space. Um, and yeah, as I believe they were one of the ones that basically has been very open about not being in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Um, and I think something that we miss about Lamar is that he's 14 and 14 in his career versus winning teams, which is fine. But then let's take out his MVP season, which I would almost argue is kind of an outlier based on how the rest of his career so far has gone. Not to say that he doesn't have the potential to put up more numbers like that, but Steve, as you said, like he's missed about five games each of the last two years. Like he's not been available. He's been injured. He's been hurt. And he's eight and three or eight and 13. So excuse me versus winning teams besides his MVP season. And he's four and eight versus winning teams in the last two seasons. So who wants a quarterback that isn't going to give you a good chance to compete one, because he's not available. And yeah, I know that people will argue the supporting cast for Baltimore, but I mean, Baltimore's never been one to have a strong uh, supporting cast in terms of like wide receivers and such, like look at what they were able to do with Joe Flacco back in the day. Um, so, you know, I, I think that whatever team gets Lamar Jackson is obviously getting a talented quarterback. Uh, they just better have a roster in place for him to come in and compete. And it's got to be a similar situation to the Rams bringing in Matthew Stafford because in about a year or two, that roster will implode based on his contract. Well, you obviously mentioned the Falcons personally. Obviously, you mentioned all the issues with Lamar Jackson and all you'd have to give up with the salary cap and what he's asking for. I really don't see why the Falcons don't do this. Um, they're not really in a position to draft a quarterback, their um, draft position by then with how mock drafts and um, reports have gone. It seems like the top four quarterbacks will be all but gone. And I, from what Desmond Ritter showed, um, not, not a great passer, really. Um, he had a decent connection with Drake London. Um, and obviously Kyle Pitts was injured at the end of the year, but I think Lamar Jackson on that run heavy, run heavy Falcons team, um, I think that can make the or the Falcons um, a dangerous team. Obviously, they have to give up that first this year, which they could like they would potentially be able to use on someone like Quentin Johnson um, to bolster that wide receiver core. But 
I just don't see the Ravens keeping him. So I think I just don't understand why the Ravens would keep him either. Um, I think Odell itself doesn't seem like it'll um, heal all the wounds necessary between the two sides, especially since Lamar, once again, representing himself. So Mm -hmm. he's talking directly with the Ravens. So I think Atlanta is where he'll play, um, which is a bold statement at this point since they have continually, Arthur Blank, the owners continually said they're not interested. They're riding Desmond Ritter, which is tough. But at the same time, you don't hear reports on these big deals till they happen a lot of the time. So I'm not going to rule anyone out. Like we didn't hear about AJ Brown getting traded really until the draft. Like we didn't hear anything about that. So I wouldn't completely rule it out. Obviously more of a bold take saying he's going to play for the Falcons, but like we've mentioned, I don't see him playing for the Ravens either. So it's kind of a mystery. Yeah. I think you got to wait. If I'm any other team, I'm waiting until draft day or after the draft. Cause to your credit, like to your point, I, I think the Falcons might be outside of the Ravens, the best fit for him, not counting like salary cap wise. Um, but why, why rush the trade? Like there's no, there's no reason to get a trade done now. Like Baltimore is in, is the one that's in a crappy position. Like they have no leverage in this really. And both Baltimore and Lamar are kind of just both in crappy positions. Like just wait it out, see who's available to you at, um, at your pick at eight. And if there's not a guy there, try to flip it. Then I don't know. I, I, but that's my opinion with, as we get into Aaron Rodgers too, like, for both the Jets and any other team that's considering Lamar Jackson, wait till after the draft. Cause like those teams are kind of handicapped. They're not bringing back those quarterbacks. Yeah. That's a tough situation. Steve, you have any other um, comments on the Lamar Jackson um, situation that's been ongoing? Yeah. The only other team I could see, and I, I agree, nothing's probably going to happen until after the draft is uh, the Tennessee Titans could actually be really interesting. Um just with Derrick Henry and kind of the way their roster is shaped. But uh, ultimately, I do see him staying with the Ravens, t- to be honest, kind of like I mentioned. Um, I just, uh, you know, I've seen some stuff out there with him and OBJ and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, even if it's just for one year, um, I think that's he's just going to bet on himself. And um, it might be a toxic situation ultimately, but I, I think he's going to end up on the Ravens this year. Yeah, I definitely think um, it's most likely outcome at this point simply because has that um, has that one year tag and has Eldo Beckham, so he may just be an approve it type year. But um, going into our other quarterback, I think um, Aaron Rodgers, um, arguably a bigger story just because of how obscure um, this one has been. Um, from Aaron Rodgers going on a dark retreat for four days, um, going on Pat McAfee saying, oh, the deal is going to be done soon, saying he was going to retire before. And just recently, we've um, had Jets GM Joe Douglas confirming it's going to happen. To then multiple reports that the sides have not talked for multiple weeks um, regarding the trade, that they've been far apart. Um, I just think this is another crappy situation. Um, I do think it's more crappy for the Jets. I feel like the Packers have a backup option. The Jets don't really. They lost Mike White, 
And my thought process was why, why wait for a guy you're not even guaranteeing to play and play at a high level in that matter either. Um, and why not go for somebody like another QB that's potentially on the market as a bridge quarterback where you're putting all your chips on a quarterback who has been the past couple of years, I'd argue the diva in the quarterback section of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I, I also agree with with a lot of those takes. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of put some guarantees out there every year that he's not going to string teams along and just kind of the, the same thing happens over and over again. Um, this is kind of back in my day, but uh, it reminds me a lot of what Brett Favre used to do every offseason. So it's just uh, crazy that uh, after all these years, you know, kind of going through all the same kind of things with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, um, just with uh, how much salary he's costing Green Bay, um, the demands that he's making to go to the Jets. And, you know, the one of the last reports was is there just hasn't been any negotiations. And, you know, the Packers are asking for, I believe, a first or first and second round pick. And um, just, uh, you know, just a lot of, a lot of craziness. Um, one thing that I also could potentially happen is uh, DeAndre Hopkins um, potentially going to the Jets. Um, I've heard, of, heard some reports on that. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe the draft or that's kind of the last shoe to drop, um, you know, for Aaron Rodgers to go over there. Or he just decides, decides I'm going to retire. And then you're uh, back with Zach Wilson. <laughs> and I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of us would... Uh, kind of kind of laugh at that whole situation especially with uh, how talented that Jets roster is and you know they just wouldn't be able to get over the top without having that quarterback in place um what are your thoughts Jonathan honestly I I think the Jets are fine either way and here's why one thing that and I know players will deny this but one thing that the Aaron Rodgers hype has brought to the Jets is some free agent additions so they've got to start they've started building their roster they're like you said they're not in position to draft a quarterback this year there's always next year there's uh the kid coming out from north carolina and there's caleb williams from usc um if you su- if you suck this year you get a chance at one of those guys um i do think aaron Rodgers ends up on the jets um he it's just a retired he's not going back to the packers packers have long moved off him um for the Jets, I think, again, wait till after the draft. There's no reason to rush this. Like, make see who you have available for you. Um, you got to build that line. Uh, you could be able to get Paris Johnson. You could be able to get Broderick Jones. You know, there, there's options for them at, I believe, 11. Um, but if they were to add Aaron Rodgers, uh, I, th- I think it depends on which Aaron Rodgers you're getting. If you're getting the pre-2020 or pre-2022 Rodgers, you should win that division or no worse than second place in a wild card team. Um, and the reason I say that is because looking at the Jets, they played phenomenally on defense last year. They only gave up 30 points, I believe, once, which was to the Browns. Um, so, th- I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is an MVP form again, like they should be a huge contender. Th- like, do not count out the Jets. Um, if it's 2022 Rodgers, which I think us are more inclined to believe, because uh, it's this league is what have you done for me lately, um, I would s- look at them as probably a third place team, assuming that Tua stays healthy and a fringe wild card team, because they were they were competitive this last year with Zach Wilson with Joe Flacco, 
with Mike White. So Rogers would definitely be an upgrade. Um, but you got to be win now with Rogers. You got to be winning in like the next one to two years um, if you do get him. Uh, honestly, I think it's best for all sides if he were to just retire. Um, it lets the Packers roll with Jordan Love. Um, yeah, the Jets are kind of screwed this year, but they should be drafting high enough next year um, to hopefully go get a guy. Um, and then Rodgers gets to keep his legacy of being a lifelong Packer, which he's talked a lot about in the past. But to your point, Steve, I think it's kind of interesting how uh, Rodgers has basically went the full Brett Favre cycle um, where he was drafted to be his, as be his replacement, got Jordan Love drafted to be Rodgers' replacement. Now, aging quarterback about to go to the Jets. Who knows? Maybe in a couple of years we'll see him on the Vikings. Well, another thing, like you said, um, we get the 2022 Rodgers. Why give up like a first or second? In the end, you're going to think, why did I give up a first or second for this guy? When you could maybe have traded for somebody like a wild card, like Trey Lance or Ryan Tannehill, kind of like a bridge option. Or in Trey Lance, that's more of a, a bet that he's going to pan out as a younger guy. But um, more of a less risk situation rather than giving up that high of a pick for an unpredictable guy, arguably the most unpredictable guy in the NFL in the past year. Um, why not go for a more of a bridge guy? Rodgers himself is kind of a bridge, but they're kind of treating him more like, um, I'd argue more like a fran- like He's like a bridge franchise guy. It's kind of a weird situation where he is basically a bridge quarterback. He will not play there for more than two years. Um, in my eyes, I don't think he has more than two years left in him after this year. So why not, as a Jets, as a franchise moving forward, um, why go in that older veteran area when you could go for more of an actual bridge guy um, until you can get um, a viable long-term replacement? It's kind of like a better version of what the – Titans did with Tannehill a little bit maybe maybe not better but because Tannehill thrived but it's like I mean we all knew that Tannehill wasn't going to be a long-term answer at quarterback right um but yeah I I agree with you Eli like Rodgers is a guy by name is a franchise guy but at this point in his career he's a bridge guy because he's not going to be here for the next five to ten years um and you got to win like I said you got to win now with him you're not in position you're not really in position right now to draft a first round quarterback. However, they have several second round picks. Like they have actually a decent amount of picks. They could trade up to go get someone or take someone like a Tanner McKee or Hendon hooker in the second round and see what they can do. And then it's not that big a financial investment. Yeah. I think people are chasing that blueprint of, uh, you know, I, I go out and get Tom Brady. Uh, I get, I, line up offensive linemen in the draft and I go out and win a Super Bowl. I get Matt Stafford. I bring in a bunch of, uh, you know, future Hall of Famers, that sort of thing. And I think New York has taken that same swing. Um, You know, why am I going to go out and get uh, Ryan Tannehill? Why don't I just swing for the fences? Hope Aaron Rodgers kind of has a rebirth of, like you said, even, you know, three or four years ago, he's back to back MVP. Um, so, you know, it's not like it was 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I, I don't think it's a bad move because it's shown recent success. And uh, again, Tom Brady and, and Matt Stafford. Here, here's the only issue I have with, I, I agree with you in that comparison. The only issue I have in this scenario with that is the AFC East 
is arguably like is going to be the hardest division of those of the three that you just mentioned to win. Like Brady, Brady, yeah, Brady had Drew Brees in the Saints, but outside of that, there wasn't much in that in the South to really compete with. Like Brady kind of had a little bit of a cakewalk, a little bit. Um, I think you could argue, and then Stafford. Yeah, the Rams were built to win. That division was a little bit more competitive, um, but still, it's. I mean, Rodgers versus Josh Allen twice a year, and then if two is healthy twice a year, um, like I don't know. To me, it's not that guaranteed of a of a success. But yeah, to your point, Steve, I I can see why a team would go do that because it has resulted in multiple Super Bowls now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like we've mentioned, I think this this move is destined to happen. Um, all signs point to it happening. Um, especially, I feel like the Jets at this point are so committed that, and in the end, they might be so desperate. Not they've already said Zach Wilson's the number two quarterback. They already said he won't be starting. So, so they already have that place for Rodgers. They probably already have his locker set in place. They just don't know the date he's coming. I think they have way too much committed to this point where they may have to give up the first. Like it'll get to the point where negotiations will get nowhere and they're stuck with only Zach Wilson, the QB room to the point where they're going to be um, forced to give up a first for Rogers, which in my opinion is nowhere near um, his worth anymore at this point. And for a 39 year old quarterback, not really um, great value for the Jets. Um, Anybody have any last opinions here on the Aaron Rodgers saga? Probably the most polarizing thing of this whole offseason. I'll, I'll just end with um, as critical as I am of potentially making them. I I don't think – I do think Rodgers could be very competitive in that division. I think – I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers comes out and balls out uh, for the Jets based on the talent that would be around. Yeah, he could very well ball out. I mean um, – like Steve mentioned, not only obviously he had the poor 2022 year, we know that um, obviously isn't Rodgers we're used to seeing, but he was back-to-back MVPs the two years previous or prior. So um, could he still have it in him potentially? Um, but we're not so sure. And with that question wrapping up, that'll wrap up this portion of the free agency um, speak now episodes. We'll be doing a mock draft in a separate episode there where we're going to be um, alternating picks between the three of us um, and then giving opinions on all 31 picks, not 32 this year because the Dolphins scandal. And we will go through all those picks, um, probably get a little banter in there as well, um, knowing the three of us. Um, And hopefully overall, we got a pretty close to accurate draft. There'll be no trades I'd like to mention as well. So we're just going to do it based off what we believe the team needs. And obviously there's always surprising trades and picks, but that will be the next episode. So thank you for turning in to speak now and have a good day, guys. I don't know what you told. I'm going to make you fall. Yeah, break the mold. How can you not be so? Yeah, putting hours in, pushing a penny to pen, putting that 10 to 10, blowing up in 616. This is it. Yeah, did it again.